0: Welcome to the Union Federation Podcast here on the Fandom Podcast Network, where we discuss discuss both Star Trek and the Orville here on the Fandom Podcast Network. And we're really, really excited because we're going to be diving into Star Trek Picard Season Three, Episode One, The Next Generation. So I must warn you, spoilers ahead. All right, my name is Kevin, and I am the captain of this Union Federation starship, and I would like to introduce my crew. Of course, with me always is my brother from another mother, co-founder of the Phantom Podcast Network, our security officer, Mr. Kyle Wagner. How are you feeling? You just got back from sick bay.
1: Yeah, I took a little trip to uh, Planet COVID. I don't (laughs) suggest it for anybody. But I I just want to say I want to thank you for replicating me a nice glass of prune juice, Kevin.
0: That's good. It's good to stay regular. (laughs) All right. Now, we have a wonderful crew today, including a special guest ambassador. But first, I must introduce our uh, first officer and counselor, Amy Nelson. What's up, Amy? Hello, hello. Picard season three. Happy dance. You don't seem excited one bit. No,
1: not at all. I am highly disappointed in your level of enthusiasm for (laughs) for this, Amy.
2: (laughs) I've not watched it multiple times. I've not been to a watch party. No, no, not excited.
0: Well, we are happy to welcome back uh, from a very long away mission. And we are very excited to have our science
3: officer back. Haley Stoddard! Haley, what's up? Hello. Uh, yeah, I've been off with The Traveler, and uh, it's been very, very interesting, I have to say. So I'm I'm excited to be here.
0: Good, good. Well, it's really, really good to have you back. We've missed you.
3: I've missed you guys as well.
0: <laughs> now, as I've teased before, we have an awesome uh, guest today, guest ambassador. And I would like to welcome Sarah Woloski from Skywalking Through Neverland. Ah, uh, welcome!
4: Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here with all of you. I've been listening to this show for quite a while, and some of the other Star Trek shows. And on my own podcast uh, network, we don't ever talk Star Trek. Star Trek is just more of a me thing, and my husband isn't as into it like we are into Star Wars and Disney together. So it's really fun to be able to just share uh, with just share Star Trek with all of you guys.
0: Well, we're Kevin. really excited to have you here because I know that you've been a fan and you've mentioned that you've listened to our stuff as well as Amy's stuff. So uh, thank you for coming on. We appreciate
1: it.
4: You got it. Yeah. Kevin, Ambassador I think may- from that other Trek. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, I other, have, the other star.
1: <laughs> we might have just That's learned why Richard it. has never been the rebel spy because of his <laughs> lack of love for
4: Trek. i (laughs) think speaking
0: speaking of sarah you're with the skywalking uh, network uh and i have been uh, a fan of you guys for a very long time you guys as i mentioned on a, a recent podcast we had you on culture clash live where you and your husband uh richard uh released a really cool uh video uh, movie, actually, I should say, a nine-minute movie of his misadventures of not being chosen as the rebel spy on Star Tours for many years now. Uh, and you guys have been doing uh, covering Star Wars and, of course, uh, Disney-related stuff for a very long time on Skywalking Skywalker. And you've got several shows on the network. Uh, first of all, how is uh, the um, uh, rebel spy reject movie doing?
4: Oh, it's doing very well. It's on YouTube. So you can just search for it um, on the Skywalking through Neverland YouTube. You can just search Rebel Spy Reject, I think. And it just it answers the question why Richard has never been the Rebel Spy. So (laughs) that's that's a fun thing to do. And then we're always busy here. So we, you know, completed. Well, Richard has authored two Star Wars books. Very cool. Reference materials. Yes. Yeah. Reference books. So Today and Star Wars History, which takes basically um, the whole year and each day in history, like it's it's kind of like day by day, something or several things have happened in Star Wars history. So like someone was born or something released or a right. book came out or, you know, all kinds of things. And, and then recently we are working on another book together, which I have been illustrating, which has been Fantastic. really fun. Yeah. Yeah. And that's like a journal. It's almost like a journal of Star Wars fandom. So you fill it in yourself and we give um, prompts and we have pictures and everything that I've illustrated and it's really fun.
0: Well you but guys, that's not out yet. Well, let us know when it does and give us, you know, tease and let us know. We'll uh, we'll promote it. Uh but also too, you've had a wonderful um A group of friends and fandom that have surrounded Skywalking uh, through Neverland. And uh, it's been fun to be part of that. But I want to dive into your Star Trek fandom here. Uh, I was happy to hear how much you like Star Trek. And I was wondering if you could just give us a quick history of your Star Trek fandom and where it started.
4: Yeah. So it started for me back in, I would say, early high school or middle school when. Star Trek Next Generation was out in syndication and my mom and I discovered it together. And so we watched it together, like however, when it was on TV, I don't remember when it was, but we really loved it. And we bonded over the fact that Data reminded us both of my dad because he is very, (laughs) yeah, he's very analytical. Um, And so we always would tease my dad about it. And so, but also not only Data, but Picard, I just was so drawn to him as a character. Um, he's just so, just such a commanding president. Press. Oh my God. I'm like so excited. I'm like <laughs> such a commanding presence and his whole personality. I just, I was just so, I was like in love with Picard at 16. I've always been into older men and yeah. <laughs> well, and I know your fresh on enough. Harrison
0: Harrison Ford, which I also have, yes. so that's understandable. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, But I do want to
4: share, sorry, one yes. more thing, yeah. that mom and I did purchase, like, one of our only Star Trek things we have, we we purchased this data back, I would say, in 1995, and he's all, like, kind of messed up, but, like, um, he, we, we like to hide it when I lived there at, at home. We would hide it around the house, around the kitchen, for each other to find, so it's a very, very special figure. That is
0: so cute. I love that. That's awesome. Yeah. (laughs) Well, we thank you so much for uh, uh, joining us here for this episode of Picard Season 3. We're really excited about this, but uh, you know what? We got a little bit of news that I wanted to talk about with you guys. So let's go ahead and hit some news here. All right. So, uh... As you guys know, we love us some Guinan and Whoopi Goldberg, who hosts The View, had a wonderful um, uh, guest interview with uh, several of the actors uh, from Picard on there. And if you haven't had a chance to check it out, make sure you do. I'll give you a little bit of uh, highlights that I took from it here. And here's some screenshots from the episode here, which is pretty cool. And uh, it was great because she had like a little tin forward going on there, and she uh, she served she served Michael Dorn some prune juice, which was funny. <laughs> <Thought that> was- <laughs> uh, and when she did uh, uh, um, Dorn uh, joke, saying "regular, it's good to be regular," <laughs> at this age, <laughs> at this age, and she also was kind enough to uh, give him a Wharf Award, which was pretty cool for having over three hundred on-screen appearances, mm-hmm. in the same character. Uh, and that was really, really sweet. Uh, some other highlights I got away with was uh, um, Gates McFadden was asked what was one of her interesting fan experiences. And she was shooting uh, um, something in Hawaii. And I think I know what she was shooting. I just can't remember the n- name off the top of my head. And she had to go to the doctors, basically. I think it was a spleen or a gallbladder or something like that. And the doctor came in and recognized her and said, Crusher. <laughs> Dr. Crusher. <laughs> yeah, Dr. so I thought that was funny. And uh, Gates was interviewed saying how she loved, uh, you know, because everyone was wondering what happened to Crusher. And she loved the fact that she got to get some action going on and that she was kind of her character, uh, Crusher, was kind of doing a Doctors Without Borders in space. And then they touched on the Crusher and uh, Picard compl- complicated romance past relationship. Stewart called it fun. Gates called it sexually frustrating, which I thought was pretty funny. Uh, And Stuart teased that there's a resolution to the relationship uh, coming in this final season of Picard. What that is, I don't know. Uh, But there is something that Stuart said that I think fans might need or should hear about his comment regarding what has been going on with season one and two, because he was asked you know, how are you feeling about uh, you know what's been happening? As we know, season 1 and 2 has been a little polarizing with some fans. It hasn't been exactly what they wanted. Uh, it's gone in some interesting directions and Stewart said that he is deeply satisfied with the run of Picard. He didn't want to do a sentimental revival of what they've already done. They wanted to showcase uh the change in people in 30 years including Jean-Luc. And Stewart teases, quote he will be changed by a life experience we haven't seen yet. And uh, that is of course the character of Jean-Luc. So uh, Sarah, you have seen this, correct? I wanted to get your thoughts on this.
4: Oh yes, I definitely have. And uh, you know, Whoopi Goldberg just is such a welcoming presence among the cast and almost a, I would say like, she's the glue that ties the cast together. So to see her, interviewing all of these people was really cool. And to see their relationship, it's just so it's gratifying to know that these characters that live in your head together have formed relationships themselves over 35 years. And to see that relationship bloom and blossom before your eyes on these shows is just, I love it.
0: That's a good point. Uh, uh, Amy, you've seen this too as well, right?
2: Yeah. And going off what you said, Sarah, like when Whoopi was saying, Well, what's it like being back? And they're like, we've never left. And through the conventions and their weddings and everything, birthdays, like they get together all the time. And so you can really see their chemistry on screen. And that was, yeah, pretty amazing to just have them all together, but yet working. So they're still having fun. I just, I love it. Kyle?
1: One of the things I liked about this interview too was when they were talking about Whoopi joining Star Trek coming from the fact she had just won an Academy Award, done the color purple, all, all of these things. And she was really at one of her apexes in her career. And how she was like, Well, I told LeVar to get me on help get me on the show. And when he said, Yeah, they didn't believe me when I told them. <laughs> 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 kind of funny. So she hate <laughs> reaching out to Gene Roddenberry herself and you know, just hearing how how well she fit in with everybody right out of the bat and just the instant connection she had with that cast, and it, it was just—it was cool stories to hear. And it's those kind of stories that just tell you how special this particular cast is as well.
0: Yeah, as we know, uh, Guinan was asked, I think, on an episode of The View to make sure you come on the next season, which was between season one and season two of Picard, and and uh, she came on, and, and we got to see her and Jean Luc uh, together, which was really nice. That was one of my favorite moments of season two, but also too of the cast learning that Whoopi Goldberg, who had been on, you know, uh, a popular movie actress, was coming on this small syndicated show uh, was a big deal for them, but uh, Whoopi knew how important her appearance would be on it. But she was just a big sci-fi nerd, and so it was nice to to see that uh, come across again. And as you alluded to as well, is that they have this family that just will always be there, and you can see it in the interview on the View. I highly recommend you guys check it out. It was it was a lot of fun, a lot of fun. So, um, any other comments on this?
4: Yeah. Oh, I loved, I loved how Whoopi Goldberg mentioned the fact that um, when she was got into Star Trek, you know, Ahura was the one who brought her in, and how yeah. before yeah. her, you know, sh- her she didn't see herself in the future. You know, black yeah. people weren't in the future, so like the, the <laughs> fact that she saw Ahura, and then she wanted to pay that forward by becoming a character on Star Trek. Although, I mean, there are were other. Black cast members, but still just, you know, the more the better.
0: Yeah. Agreed.
4: Agreed. Yeah. All
0: right, guys, we're, we're going to go ahead and uh, we'll head out of uh, the news here and we're going to get in that uh, quantum drive and head into the plot synopsis here. All right, guys, we are discussing Star Trek Picard Season 3, Episode 1, The Next Generation. All right, and Haley, you're going to go ahead and read our plot synopsis here, so uh, go ahead
3: and do it. Of course. It. In the 25th century, Dr. Beverly Crusher and her son Jack are attacked aboard the SS Elios. Beverly is injured and sends an emergency message to her former Starfleet captain, the retired Admiral Jean-Luc Picard. Picard and his love Laris are planning a trip to Chow 4 when he receives the message, and she encourages him to go. Beverly told Picard not to involve Starfleet, so he goes to their friend, Captain William Riker. Riker uses his status to stage a surprise inspection of his former ship, the USS Titan, with plans to convince its captain, Liam Shaw, to take the ship to Beverly's location without revealing their intentions. Picard and Riker are unable to convince Shaw— But his first officer is Picard's friend, Seven of Nine, who ignores Shaw's orders and changes the Titan's course. On Metallus Prime, Starfleet intelligence officer Rafi Musiker searches for a stolen quantum tunneling device that her mysterious handler fears will be used in a terrorist attack. Rafi is too late to stop it from being used to destroy a Starfleet facility. Picard and Riker board the Elios, finding Beverly in stasis, sealed in the cryopod, and Jack, the one who sealed her into it. He claims to be Crusher's son. He also grips, gripes that Picard and Riker led them here. Mother and son Crusher have been on the run from them for a while now. To explain who he means, he simply turns on the view screen, and a giant menacing crescent-shaped ship storms out of the nebula, headed for the Helios. Bum, bum, bum.
0: To be continued. Ooh, got the chills, got the chills. <laughs> All right, I want some first reactions to this, because I know everyone was looking forward to this. We were teased. We were getting original TNG cast members back. Sarah, let's start with you. What were your first reactions?
4: Oh, I'll have to start. <laughs> 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 um, So... I, I liked it. I mean, so, okay. So I, I really liked it. I thought it was interesting that they come, I mean, beyond Laris and Picard being together, they completely kind of threw out the last two seasons and just said, all right, boop, reboot, we're starting something new, which I mean, admittedly they did that in season two as well. A little bit, except for the fact that we got Rafi back and the woman who became the Borg queen. What's her name?
3: Gerardo. I forget her name.
4: Yeah. Gerard yeah. yeah. We we had yeah. them back. Um, Anyway, but so let's see. So I liked it. I, I thought it was kind of a slow burn, honestly, through this particular episode. And right when we finally got to the end where, for one thing, Rafi gets to a place just on time to see this terrorist attack, which is horrifying because not only does this building like Fall down, but then they use some kind of technology where it falls like on other buildings right next to it. Did you guys notice that? I was yeah, like, it w- yeah, like, it was the, uh, the,
0: the rubble was poured yeah. through another one and then destroyed some more property yeah. next to it. I was, I, awesome. I was not expecting use
1: of the portal gun from portal. In- <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> was- Dr. Strange came through. Yes. No. yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It was like the
4: portals, right? From just used a very different way than in no. Marvel. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Uh, well, I didn't love that, but yeah. that was horrifying. And then when they finally got, when Picard and Riker finally got to the ship and uh, you know, they led the other bigger ship right there. I was like, okay, here we go. Action. And I was all ready. And then the episode ended. (laughs) Oh man. Now I got to wait another week. So, I mean, and overall I did like the character development. We get to see it, it. It's clear that they're showing the various TNG characters in their, what they are right now, like over, what is it? 25 years. Like where they are now as characters, and then that's going to build and grow over the entire season. And that's the trajectory for it.
0: Amy, what about you?
4: Well, I absolutely
2: did love the episode. And I was thinking, Kevin, how did you feel about the lighting (laughs) <laughs> like seriously we were going on a good move with strange new world turning on the lights and now we are in the dark again what's wrong with these people real, real,
0: real quick Kyle sent me a text because he he watched it while he was in bed with COVID he goes have you watched Bacardi I said no just, I've been at work still he's like well I thought of you about something. yeah <laughs> Yes. And that's what he was referring
2: to. Uh, exactly. Yes. So on the same wavelength there. Turn on uh, some lights on the bridge, please. Oh. How do they know what buttons to push? Come on now. They're hiding the lines. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But I did want to highlight uh, the relationships that we see on screen and the chemistry Riker and Picard. Like they still the episode, their camaraderie, their back and forth, the, They're just the deep knowledge that they have with each other shines through. That was my favorite thing about the episode and then bring in seven to the mix. And you know, you can't talk to Kevin that way. Well, that's how I talk to a friend. Well, of course, because then that re- just references all of season one and season two, right? So that dynamic and Riker and Seven are just, they're really good together. And I am not a ship person and I barely even noticed them. But man, that Titan refit was beautiful. Very well I could see it. It was shot well, lots of angles. I thought it was really, really well done. Okay to say
0: that you enjoyed the Star Trek ship porn. That's what fans do. Yes. I, did. <laughs>
2: I found the ship porn channel, yes.
4: But why is, why is the genera- the D, Enter- Enterprise D, called the fat one? What's oh, up with I that?
2: Know. Because of the I hole. Didn't...
4: Yeah. Yeah. it's so it's, big.
2: Yeah. yeah nobody it's wants the fat, fat one.
0: one. <laughs> yeah.
2: No one All wants right. it. Oh, that was so funny.
0: Haley, it's been a while. I need your uh, your Star Trek uh, fandom in here now. Uh, what did okay. you think of the first episode? <laughs> uh,
3: yeah, no, I enjoyed it. Um, So I actually just sat and watched it because work has been chaos for the last three weeks. And uh, so anyway, so I just watched it today after I finished my notes. But I, I enjoyed it. But then I was also like, wait. I'm totally confused. So have we just disregarded everything that happened last season because those were the prime characters, and I thought they thought they were stuck in like 2024, and now they're back to where they are, and Laris is alive, and like all these different directions. And I'm like, okay, I'm gonna roll with it, but I'm that's a exactly confused. what <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go with it, and it's just a reset, and it's fine because that happens in Star Trek a lot, but I'm like, wait. Okay. All right. I thought we were starting like from where they were and I thought they were going to get back to where they needed to be. And like somehow that was going to throw in the rest of the cast. So I'm just going to roll with it um, and and whatnot. But uh, I did enjoy it. It was it was really nice to see um, all of these characters that we know and love. And I have to say Gates is freaking hot, y'all. Um, she has aged so beautifully, and I love it. Uh, just to kind of throw this in, uh, you know, we talk about how women have to color their hair, and, and women feel they can't go gray and they can't have salt and pepper and all that kind of stuff. And I have a client who was coloring her hair, and coloring her hair, and coloring her hair, and You know, she's older, and I thought, you know what? Embrace it. Be comfortable, because I think women can be just as beautiful as men with gray hair and with silver hair and salt and pepper hair, and she is stunning.
0: Agreed.
1: Agreed. All right, Kyle, what are your thoughts on the first episode? First and foremost, I can answer the question of what Beverly Crusher has been up to for the last 20, 25 years. Kevin, you will appreciate this, because Beverly Crusher had attended the finishing school of Ellen Ripley and Sarah Connor during that time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, this is true. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so, the, everything with that opening sequence with um, Beverly Crusher was phenomenal, and I, I love that ship design that she has, too, and her kind of doing the Dr. Borders. I thought was a great setup. Obviously, the heart of this episode is the Picard and Riker relationship. I do like that they gave us a little time of Picard and Laris too. And I think that's going to be one of the questions people are going to start talking about throughout the season. Who do they want? Do they want Picard Crusher or do they want Picard Laris? i am kind of got to be honest, I'm kind of still in the Picard Laris. I think she's a good match for you. But that's, that's just my personal opinion. But everything with this episode was so great. Um, just the chemistry that Patrick Stewart and Jonathan Frakes have is just Timeless and it's one it's one of the, and I love the fact they even reference it as like which Cassidy and the Sundance Kid Kid and they're talking about we're not really going in with a plan. It's a rouge, Jean-Luke. It's a rouge. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and I think everything with Seven of Nine was very cool and seeing where she's changed and going into Starfleet after everything that happened in season two. Really kind of like the Blade Runner look of the planet Rafi was on at the beginning of this too. I thought I think it was kind of neat to see that kind of corner of Star Trek. And I I have my suspicions of who might be her um, deep throat, her dark, her dark contact. Um, I'm going to be curious to see how that plays out. And then of course the revelation that um, Beverly has another son. I'm curious to see where this is coming from and what the connections are there, but overall a great episode, but I also have to add um, biggest jerk captain. I know we Kevin, we talked about this off mic. He still leaned a little Jellico, but I'm mean, no. I'm
0: going. J- I'm going Jellico still.
1: Uh, you don't <laughs> talk to Card and Riker like that. I'm sorry.
0: Uh, Haley, you want to say something?
3: Uh, uh, yes, I. I have a plot twist. I'm going to call it right now. Oh, please. Nella Darren comes back, y'all. No. Oh yeah. <laughs>
0: Let's,
3: hold on. Let's just
0: throw in Bash, and we can let them all fight it out.
2: <laughs> Well, if we're doing that, then I want to see Anige in the mix, too. <laughs>
0: we're just throwing out all of Picard's past flames here. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> uh, N- Nayla Adirn was the musician. I remember that. She played the piano. The piano. If I remember correctly, yep. right? Yeah. That was a good episode. I remember that. And they went into the uh, Jeffrey tubes to get better acoustic sound, right? <laughs> 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 That's right. That's cool.
4: So uh, we I, think, sorry, just for, no. for the son, for Beverly's son, like, I really don't know who, like, do we, is oh. anyone Oh yeah. thinking who the, is it the captain's son? Like, would it be Picard? Oh, it's or Picard. did they, you think it's Picard? Like, oh, I do. Was there mm-hmm. ever yeah. an episode where they got together
3: like that? Like, I don't have a I think we'll find memory. that
0: out, maybe. I don't okay. know, but yeah.
3: Think but about it. it looked like, like he, him. He has yeah. not talked to her for 20 years. She cut everybody off. Yeah. Right. What's a bigger reason than that. Yeah. yeah. Picard's son part.
0: could Picard's son could become a target too.
3: Exactly. Know? Well, yeah. and we saw that, that in TNG. That there was an episode where someone where the one Ferengi thought that this one dude was Picard's son and yeah. went after yeah. him, you know? Yeah. So like it's it's been a thing before. So
1: Kyle. Um one of the big things that's always been with Picard and he even was a little bit last season was the fact that his legacy isn't carrying off per se. He didn't he never had an answer. somebody yeah. to take over yes and carry on the name picard this seems like a good way to do that yes
0: oh
4: that. man
0: yeah he's had a heartbreaking uh family loss you know that we saw in star trek uh, generations and so yeah definitely um so i just had a couple notes i want to bring up. i really enjoyed this as you guys mentioned seeing uh picard and riker together you know we had some good moments in season two with them too when they went to uh Rikers planet and hanging out and chatting and stuff. And, um, I just love the scene there on the bunk beds. <laughs> that was great. Talked about having to pee more now. And I thought that was realistic, but one of the things that really jumped out at me and, and I, I'm going to ask you this, Sarah, because I know how music is a big deal for you. Uh, the music in this episode was just amazing. And, uh, like the end credit scene, um, Oh, uh oh, Jerry
4: yes. Jerry
0: Goldsmith's score from Star Trek First Contact, I think it was. Yes. But just in yes. general, uh, your thoughts on the music, Sarah.
4: Yeah, I okay. I mean, immediately first contact is my favorite Star Trek score, bar none. And then to couple that with the original Star Trek Next Generation, the end, the part end part of it at the end credits, I was just like. Turning it up. I'm like, sorry, sweetie, I'm turning this up. Um, and and like just basking in the music because they couldn't have chose two more perfect compositions. Yeah. I will say that Star Trek Next Generation is the only series I will listen to the whole opening. I will not fast forward because mm-hmm. it's amazing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and actually I am surprised they didn't put those the musical credits at the beginning like they have mm-hmm. for most of the other Star Trek series uh, recently. However, they always have that little button skip and it's like no, stop that. So I'm glad they put it at the end so that there wasn't a skip button. You couldn't skip mm-hmm. it. Um, yeah. I loved that. And overall the music, yes, I think it just it really leaned in to the romantic era, the classic like 90s scores mm-hmm. that just beautiful music. So I loved that. The other music um, that they used, the didactic music um, that was playing, like the the songs, mm-hmm. I don't know what they were referencing to because I, again, I, I don't know that like as much Star Trek as I do like Star Wars. So right. do you guys know any of those songs that had the, you know, words?
0: There is some trivia to those. I may have okay. some in, in the trivia section, but I don't remember. But there was reference to it. Amy, you you got something?
2: Yeah, it's a song written in 1938. I don't want to set the world on fire. Um, Ooh. Yeah, so that well, the title's hits. evocative. Yeah, yeah, probably been
0: covered many,
2: many times too, I'm sure. And so the lyrics, yeah, start out with, I don't want to set the world on fire. I just want to start a flame in your heart. Oh, so think, yeah, maybe like a little <laughs> foreshadowing. We'll see. That's cool.
0: Uh, all right, guys, I want to talk about the cast here. Uh, we got a lot to touch on. And, of course, we had we had Laris back, Orla Brady, uh, in the beginning there. Uh, we also had we had some, had some interesting guest stars here. Uh, we had Sidney LaForge, played by Ashley Sharp Chestnut, uh, otherwise known as, uh, was it Crash LaForge? I thought that was <laughs> a funny scene. Uh, we also had Todd Stashwick as Liam Shaw, great job great Bad captain job. yeah we'll see yeah uh and then we have of course jack crusher played by ed spaliers if i'm saying his name right and like, he's going to be a guest next week on um uh the uh the ready room with will wheaton uh, so i'm just going to tease that right now but uh, uh let's go kyle what are your thoughts on the guests that we had here
1: in the performance i i, I, th- I thought they were it was very interesting obviously to see one of Jordy's. Um, kids, I've seen a photo later on where we see Jordy with another one of his daughters. That is actually in real life, LeVar Burton's daughter. So mm-hmm. I don't. Um, so I'm excited for that. That um, uh, I'm curious about Beverly's new son. Um, I, I like um, Ed Spoline. He's been. I've seen him in a couple other things, and I like him. But come on, Liam, Liam Sharp, as Splitters. um Liam Sharp steals this as as Shaw. I mean, he's uh. just. You just you just want to slap him I mean he's, <laughs> he's arrogant he, he's and and, and, you, and you know he's just you and I, I mentioned to this to you off Mike too I mean they he even mentions his dislike of the Borg and what what and you know what we see him putting seven through making her go by Annika Hansen instead of what she's comfortable with which is seven of nine even takes a little shot at the card as they're getting walking away from the table and I you mentioned the bunk bed scene and I just got man card and record just got the lower decks treatment.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, let's go to Amy. What are your thoughts on the guest stars?
2: Yeah, let's continue this discussion with Shaw because him not respecting Seven's wishes on what to be called really put me in a tailspin. You'd not know. That is... Not good. Uh so right there he's in the bad category. Um <laughs> I like the digs. I mean, how disrespectful to start eating dinner before mm-hmm. your guests come. And, you know, Picard's like, oh, are we late? Oh, no, well, nope. I just wanted to, you know, your
3: uh something preceded him.
2: Yeah. Um and all the little digs of, well, that was the best I could do on such short notice. Like everything he says, just twists the knife in a little bit deeper. And what a fun foil to have this first season, uh, this first episode. And I also wanted to talk about the cute ensign uh, LaForge uh, that totally just reminded me, What what was that? Was that Generations when it was like, oh, Sulu's at the con. We always need that. So that was sort of a reminiscence. For yeah. me. I like that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, what about you, Haley? Thoughts on the uh, uh, guests?
3: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Shaw's going to be an interesting character to watch this season if we definitely get more of him. And I'm really intrigued and I like um, Ed Spilliers, uh, because I know him from Downton Abbey. Uh-huh. Um yeah, so can you so, remind me where in doubt yeah. now? Because I've watched the whole thing and I can't recognize his face. He what was? Um, oh gosh, uh, he comes on and he's like one of the house. Let me pull it up because I'm trying Upstairs to remember. Stairs or myself. downstairs? I <laughs> think yeah, he was downstairs, but he, <laughs> <Okay>. yeah.
1: Oh. <laughs> um, um just for the record, too, he did do 12 episodes of Outlander.
3: Yes, oh. and he was also in oh. Alice Through the Looking Glass as well. So. Huh. Wow! Um, gosh, okay. I'm trying to find his character. He must be a chameleon because I don't recognize his face either. Yeah, I don't remember him
4: an
1: Outlander. I got to watch that again. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, Kevin. Here's what you're going to recognize him from. He was much younger. Aragon. Oh, the, the dragon. Movie? The, the dragon yeah. movie, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Was he the lead in that? Yeah, he was the lead in that. Oh,
3: how
0: funny! Okay, that's cool. All right.
3: I think if I remember correctly, uh, his character in Downton Abbey. Um, gets paid to leave. He gets told to leave. Who um, is Jimmy he Kent in *Downton Abbey.
1: Okay. Abbey*?
3: Okay. 17 okay.
4: Seventeen episodes. Wow. Okay. Huh. Uh, okay. Interesting.
0: Uh, what about you, sir? Your thoughts on the cast of the in the um, guest stars?
4: So I I got to say, Amy pretty much said everything about the Captain Shaw that I thought was like calling seven of nine you know preferring that she use her other name and it's like what what that like completely rubbed me the wrong way but it's also he's going to be the character that you love to hate yeah right and that's (laughs) always fun to have that kind of character it's got like loki right you just love to hate him at least in the first film now he's like his own thing but um yeah so i i appreciate that as for the rest i don't think we've really got to know them a little bit more but I'm I'm definitely wanting to know more about Beverly's son and see how he, you know, interacts with the cast and we'll, yeah. we'll find out. Sure. Yeah. So, mysteries, mysteries were laid down and now I'm very <laughs> intrigued to watch the rest of the season. So they did yeah. a good job with that. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I'm excited for it. Uh, I, I think they were cast very well and, uh, it's going to be kind of interesting to see how they roll out the rest of the the TNG crew and how they're going to you know make their their mark and how they're eventually going to kind of get together. At least they're hoping that they are. So yeah, um, <laughs> I'm
3: yeah. Really let's, excited for Worf. let's
0: oh, Worf. yeah,
3: Worf with the uh, gray hair. It's going to be very interesting, y'all. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
3: he talks about that
0: in that uh, view uh, interview with um. Uh, Whoopi Goldberg and how he was saying how they were saying they wanted to give him white hair. And he was a little re- reluctant, but then he remembered the character of pi May in uh Kill Bill with that bright, bushy uh, uh eyebrows and the big <laughs> long mustache. <laughs> and he's like, Okay, let's go with that then. <laughs> awesome. Kyle, did you did you have any more thoughts on the cast at all?
1: I, I just think they were phenomenal. I can't wait to see how. They bring in the rest, rest of the crew. Amy, I think you had some to Relay
2: on, too. Um, yeah. So we know that they are going to be bringing him in one episode at a time, slowly and carefully. And we didn't get to see Troy. <clears throat> That's my favorite character. Mm-hmm. Um, And then to have Riker just say, well, uh, I'm in the doghouse, and they don't really... You know, what is going on with that? Troy and Kestra are just... At, Innocently having a mother-daughter vacation and Riker's off doing his thing. I don't want there to be any tension. They were so good in a and I know that they have struggled, you know, losing a child like I can't even imagine, but I don't want them messing with my Riker and Troy.
1: Come on, Understudy. even Troy needs a break from the trombone every once in a while.
2: I was
3: going to say, it's probably the trombone. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? He, he probably asked him to play Nightbird one too many times, yeah. and he's like, I'm out.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I want to bring up Rafi, actually. Mm. We haven't really talked with, about her story that much, but she's in an intriguing situation where she was going undercover, and, like, when when she's pretending she is strung out, I was mm. like, wait, did she really go back to drugs? Yeah. I was kind of questioning it, but they did yeah. a really good job. But mm-hmm. I, I was not surprised when she pulled out her, her communicator and was like, hey, I got this info. And then like threw the drugs away after longingly looking at them. So I was like, okay, Rafi's on the right path. But I was worried there for mm. a minute. Me too. Uh, I, does Rafi have the ship?
0: Yeah, she, she has the La Serena. La Serena.
4: The La Serena. Is she, is oh, she, yeah.
1: yeah. Does, does she have? Is that the? La, it looks like the background with the engine and everything. Like yeah. that looks like the La, La Serena. Does, so. Well,
3: when when it comes on before they actually show her sitting there and looking at her granddaughter and mm-hmm. and whatnot, um, if you look, they she's tried to mask it, but it actually is the La Serena on top of the building. Like they come in over top of it and then go in. Okay, so no, so they still have a way it, to bring Rios
1: back then. That's how that's what no, he's, he's. I know he's gone, but I, don't I know, know.
3: <laughs> but see, but is he because again, like if he is gone and somehow the rest of the crew has gotten back, how did they get back y'all? <laughs> from the,
2: the queen it. from Girardi yeah, the queen. and the queen? Yeah, and, Girardi and brought and them all back at the end yeah. of season
1: two.
3: And how is Laris alive? Because didn't she die? No, no, she was alive. Okay, yeah, okay. So I'm so so utterly confused and
0: I I think that the the next thing I want to bring up is probably why a lot of people aren't rewatching the first couple of seasons. And I I wanted to transition into a Den of Geek article Uh, and I'm just going to kind of pick a couple of topics here specifically regarding season one and two. Uh, And the article was by Lacey Bauer and it says as Star Trek Picard season three begins, the show finally decides to give us the next adventure. Next Generation Adventure We've Always Wanted. She says, although Picard's first two seasons were uneven at best at times, they still occasionally had their moments. They found a family vibe of its first season it was often quite charming. Scientist Agnes Girardi got the best arc of the whole show in its, and in its second. And the power of the deep, quiet bond that has developed between Picard and Seven over the course of the show's run can be plainly seen in this third season premiere. But as a series, Picard has never... S- Quite seem to figure out what it wants to be, and um, Lacey goes on to kind of uh, you know just dissect that a little bit. But I want to go back to what uh, Patrick Stewart said, guys, uh, that I said earlier um, in uh, at the top of the show with the interview with uh, Whoopi on the View, saying that he was deeply satisfied with the run of Picard. He didn't want to do a sentimental revival of what they've already done. They wanted to showcase the change in people in 30 years, including Jean-Luc. And Stuart teases, as I said before, that, he, that his character will be changed by a life experience that we haven't seen yet. So I want to kind of get your guys' thoughts on this, because a lot of people haven't been going back and re-watching season one and two, like we do with Next Generation. Maybe in time we will. But knowing that we're going to be teased with this Next Generation crew in this final season, a lot of people are really excited about that. Maybe we're going to get those similar feels. But that wasn't the angle they were trying to go with. They wanted to show a little reality and what happens to people in 30 years and how much that can change. So maybe that's something that fandom of uh, Star Trek Picard that maybe let down can kind of maybe reevaluate once they go back and rewatch this stuff. But I did want to get you guys' thoughts on season one and two, and did it live up to your expectations? And where does it stand now with you,
1: uh, Kyle? I'm gonna start with you, buddy. I love season one of Picard. I think I love the introduction of the new characters. I liked how they addressed Picard dealing with some of his Borg, Borg background and having to deal with that face to face um I, I really enjoyed, like I said, bringing seven in. I, I really enjoyed all the new characters, and I think that was one of my biggest disappointments of season two. Was we got into this whole time travel thing. Yes, we're excited we about Q being back and everything, but and Whoopi being back. But I, to me, season one was a lot of fun. Season two was a little too dark for me. Season two with the time travel just felt like really this is where we're going. When we have so many possible other possibilities, we could have went. Um, I understand they were trying to resolve some things within Picard's own past. And I think they did accomplish that. But I just I think season two was it's probably been the weak point of the two seasons of Picard right now. I think season three is what they were ultimately culminating to was I think they wanted to establish who Picard was here and now with seasons one and two. Then give us the final season, which gives the, gives the fans what they've been craving for the whole time. The reunion of the next gen cast bringing them all together, but with this new version of Picard that we now understand and have a better idea about compared to just giving us Picard with the next-gen crew right out of the gate. So I like the idea that they did. I just think that their execution has been up and down. Let's just say it's had its good points, it's had its bad points. I think one of the biggest things for me with the way Season 2 ended was writing out already so many interesting characters I wanted to learn more about in Season 3 that instead of having them carry over to make room for the next gen reunion we lost some of those characters in the process and that was a little disappointing but i think overall i think it's going to be a final judgment we're going to look at picard as this three episodes, three season arc at, and story as a whole instead of each season has its own separate thing
0: yeah okay uh sarah what about you season one and two of picard uh, where does it stand with you
4: so the exact opposite of Kyle. So season one. <laughs> I knew I liked one. you, Sarah. <laughs> so season one, the first episode, fan freaking tastic. I was in. You had it started with the data. It started with Picard. Oh, it was so cool, especially having just rewatched the ending of the whole Star Trek series. Um, and, and then to come into that episode one, I was, like, hooked. Like, this is amazing, Picard. I'm so excited. My man's back. And then they proceeded to, like, go on this long and winding path. And it was very melodramatic. And, like, the evil people, was it, like, a brother-sister team or something? They really bugged the crap out of me. Like, I just, (laughs) their, their acting was such overacting, and I just could not get into it. The best thing to come out of season one was our characters. You had Rios and Raffi and Girardi. I thought that was the best. So that when season two began and it was more of a reboot, I was actually a little relieved. And I loved season two because it had everything that I loved best about Star Trek Next Generation, which was... Picard and the Borg and their relationship. You throw in 709 in there, it's like, holy crap. Let's let's see where this goes, you know, because she's had her Borg time and then Picard has been the cutest and, oh my God, amazing. And then you have Q, who is obviously amazing in the whole series. I love I love all the Q episodes. And then you have Whoopi Goldberg and time travel. So I was like, season two, sign me up. Like, this is fun. And my one of the best things to come out of season two, you know, Picard... I always loved him as a character, but he is so on his straight and narrow path. He never left it to, you know, have a girlfriend or have a family or anything like that. He felt that he couldn't, you know, his duty was his, his family, his path. And so I was really happy that season two, by going into his past, you, you, he unlocked his mental block in having a relationship. And so that's how he could be with Laris. So that's, that's where I feel.
0: What about you, Amy? Season one and two.
4: Yeah, uh,
2: season two definitely is my favorite. It's the big picture of how we ended the Borg story. Like that was the foe that we could never beat. And now it got turned into an ally. Like that is the best, most Star Trekky, most utopian. How do we manage conflict? How do we overcome it? Those big ideas are what excite me. And that's why season two is my favorite. Now, like the movie Generations, I love that movie, but there's certain things that I just don't remember because I don't want to. Data's humor. I can't stand it.
4: Um, oh, come on. Life forms. The, the, the little life forms.
2: Open, says me. I have a magnetic personality. Anyways. So I get to pick and choose what I remember and that's what informs whether I like it or not. For me, season two, I really, really enjoyed it. I didn't enjoy the father and that whole mother and the, but the Borg part, loved it. And same with season one, like the data. Oh my gosh, that, that last episode, I will never get out of my head. And so Season one is there, but for season two is so amazing. And then like what you were saying, Kyle, like with Picard starting the episode with him and Laris together, just reaffirmed everything that we saw in his struggle with season two in overcoming uh, his boundaries, his walls, his thought process of, can I be with someone? And we get to see, oh Yeah. Is it gonna work? And I, with you, Kyle, am definitely wanting to see Picard and Laris together. Gotcha.
0: Haley, what about you? Uh, what about the first two seasons?
3: You know, I am I'm kind of in the middle. Like there's there's aspects to both that I like, but then there's plenty of just as many aspects that I don't. And in going in this and, and when I was there at the convention and Patrick Stewart came out and he said, Picard's coming back. I never had any reservations or expectations going in of like, he's going to bring back the old crew. This is going to be a reunion of all the TNG. I was like, I'm full in of something that is going to be completely different. And so I've, I've had episodes that I've liked and episodes I didn't like and things that I liked and things that I didn't. In in both of the first two seasons. And so To wrap this up and kind of come bookend it all with returning of, you know, most of our cast, if not all of them, from TNG and kind of saying, here's the end of, like, this story. Like, it's not going to end to end. Um, It's kind of nice because, all right, we're going to have, like, a a reunification. good word, Uh, of like these characters and where they're at with their lives and how people come and go. But there's those people who are always a constant for you. And I think that's what this last season is really going to be on top of obviously there's got to be something that. We're fighting, right? Which is somehow, I'm guessing, Rafi's going to join in and they're going to be like, hey, we got to find this red lady or whatever. Or we got to find these people who have stolen this device, yada, yada. Chaos ensues. um, Picard and crew save the day. And then go on again, like, the series ended of everybody just kind of, we knew their story continued. We just weren't seeing it anymore. Yeah, so that's...
0: You know, I... It, for me, there's things that I enjoyed from both the first and the second season, but the problem I had with them was not finding them rewatchable, watchable uh, because there were certain moments and character moments uh, as you guys, like I love Girardi in the first season and and uh, uh, the thing with the cloning was interesting, I thought. And, uh, and then you get to season two and Seven of Nine and the Rangers and, and the Borg. And I was really excited about the time travel stuff because Star Trek has always excelled at time travel, doing it well. But I didn't feel the time travel really uh, hit home with me as a lot of the TNG and you know DS9 and, and other Star Trek has done. It was still entertaining, but it didn't quite like you know hit it out of the park like you know, previous episodes have, and or you know even in the movies. But I, I found more moments that I enjoyed, but not enough to go back and rewatch them. And I do judge my movies and television series by rewatchability. And, and there's some where I'm fine that I really like, and I'll just wait, you know, and, and revisit a number of times. But I, you know, it'll be around and I can always go back to it. But uh, knowing that here in season three, being the final season, and that TNG cast is going to be back, I'm hoping it just kind of sews it up into a nice little bow. And then enough is reference to where, uh, you know, maybe I'll go back and rewatch those and stuff. So, uh, but I, I'm really excited. Uh, But before we go on guys, we're going to take a little break here, uh, here from the fandom podcast network and let you know what other great shows. And uh, we got some ready room discussion, some trivia and Easter eggs and a little wrap things up. We'll be right back. Thank you for listening. We hope you're enjoying this podcast. Here are the other great shows on the fandom podcast network culture clash, where we discuss the latest in entertainment and pop culture, blood of kings our show covering the entire highlander universe couch potato theater we celebrate our favorite movies and time warp our fandom flashback show discussing a year in movies and our favorite retro movie tv and pop culture topics good evening discussing all things alfred hitchcock hair metal podcast we cover the rock metal music of the 80s and early 90s type 40 a doctor who podcast discussing the time traveling doctor who universe lethal mullet an action film podcast covering the 80s 90s and beyond also check out the lethal mullet network for more great podcasts what a piece of junk our star wars podcast making treks a star trek podcast with a deep dive into the final frontier the fandom show our Fandom Podcast Network live YouTube show discussing the hottest topics in fandom, the True Believers MCU podcast discussing the Marvel Cinematic and Television Universe, Union Federation, our Star Trek and the Orville show. And we're proud to welcome the BQN Network to the Fandom Podcast Network. Please visit our friends on the BQN Network, a Star Trek Universe podcast that also includes your favorite topics, movies, history, superheroes, and more. You can find the Fandom Podcast Network on YouTube. Fandom Podcast Network is also on all major podcast platforms. The Fandom Podcast Network audio master feed is on Podbean at fpnet.podbean.com. You can find the Fandom Podcast Network on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can email us at fandompodcastnetwork at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening, and remember, respect others and enjoy your fandom. All right, welcome back to Picard Season 3, Episode 1. Really excited, guys. Welcome back. This is Union Federation, and the episode is The Next Generation. Uh, we're going to have a little bit of fun, though, right now, guys, because uh, we've got some Star Trek trivia and some Easter eggs. thought we'd kind of go into that real quick. But I wanted to ask you guys, was there any Easter eggs that uh, uh, that came out to you that you thought was kind of fun, uh, little nods here and there anything that jumped out at you Kyle
1: I mentioned it before I love the little lower decks thing they did with Picard and Riker putting them in the bunks and just kind yeah. of giving them that little bit of that lower deck treatment I thought that was a lot of fun but I mean really the whole episode is filled with a ton of easter eggs and th- we expected that for this whole season this might be <laughs> the plethora of easter eggs throughout Star Trek Picard season three Sarah did you notice any
4: just the first contact music at the end. I was like, oh, it's gotcha. first contact. Yeah. But what yeah, it, I'm, I'm not, yeah, I'm going to let you guys decide. You didn't give me that for homework, so. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: well, well, I'll throw a few out here. First of all, there's a oh. continuity nod, uh, nod that I loved here. Uh, Picard, Beverly has Picard's Captain's Log from a Best of Both Worlds playing in the opening scene uh and captain shaw hates picard for being an ex-borg although unlike captain Cisco from ds9 he hasn't moved on from it uh the target for the attack is a newly dedicated statue of the late enterprise c captain rachel garrett and uh, sydney uh laforge's daughter was mentioned as one of jordy's children in the future time frame scene in all good things what uh, yeah That's crazy yeah. uh as uh uh, what was really nice, too, we'll, we'll mention it again later, uh, but uh, there was a nice dedication um, on the ready room to Annie Worshing, who played the board Queen in Season 2. Uh, and uh, she had died of cancer uh, uh, just a little while ago prior to this episode's premiere, and uh, she's a wonderful actress. Uh, she had a great run as, a, I think, a serial killer uh, on uh, The Rookie, and she's been in a bunch of – really smart, like uh, Hannibal Lecter type of serial killer. She was fantastic.
4: She was uh, on Timeless, really great. Timeless, that's right. And, yeah. of course,
1: 24 as well.
0: Yeah.
4: Mm, oh, yeah, 24.
0: Uh, a little bit more about the music here. Throughout the episode, several musical scores from the Star Trek franchise are heard, including music from The Motion Picture, 1979, uh, The Wrath of Khan, 82, Next Generation, 87, and Star Trek First Contact in 96. Uh, in a scene where they pilot the Titan out of space dock, there is an infusion of James, James Horner's trills from the Star Trek II Wrath of Khan, 1982, where Spock has Savick pilot to the Enterprise out of space dock know that's kind of cool. Uh, ensign Andrea LaForge is being played by uh, um, let me see ensign Andrea LaForge is played by actress Mika uh, Burton, who is the daughter of Lavar Burton. And uh, the episode titled Next Generation has a double meaning here. Obviously it's a reference to the previous series uh, TNG. Uh, Three crew members of the series, Picard, Riker, uh, Crusher, appear here with several more slated in further episodes. However, there is a subtle second meaning with the appearance of the adult children of Geordi LaForge and Beverly Crusher, and to the lesser extent, Seven and Nine, who in as many ways is a surrogate daughter to Captain Admiral Janeway. This episode serves as a passing of the baton to other generations of Starfleet officers. I want to kind of stop there, guys, because... I thought this trivia was interesting that um, the passing of the baton has been kind of an interesting thing that's coming up here that characters from this series could get their own TV series and maybe hopefully another movie. Um, Amy, I want to ask you what your thoughts about that possibility are.
2: I don't know if passing the baton is really true. Cause I mean, if we think about seven, yeah, she gets her own show, but Janeway's got her own show. Let's not forget prodigy. Like that's her baby. There's no baton passing. It's people rising up. Uh, cause we've still got Janeway. We've still got Patrick Stewart who is, you know, doing Jean-Luc Picard. It's, I just love that we're building the universe. And mm. so the more different parts of this universe, let's do it. Let's not pass any batons. I don't I don't want them to die. Don't get old, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Sarah. What are your thoughts on
4: that? Uh, Like, what? Who are they saying that they would build a series around?
2: Well,
0: I know Seven's supposed to get one, right? Is is that is that the rumor? I've never heard that.
1: Yeah. I've heard that rumor uh, where they I, might be developing something for Jerry Ryan. It's, it's it's
0: not necessarily confirming anything, but the fact that we have these new characters that are either offspring or you know, people that have been mentored by uh, you know, our our, our classic heroes here, that there is hmm. uh, a wonderful opportunity to explore future Star Trek with these characters that have re- have been related or you know have had experiences with our previous uh, uh you know showrunners that that's what i was getting at
4: i mean as long as there's a story to tell i think that's great let's tell it but if there's not a story to tell and you're just shoehorning something in because they're related i don't right. think that they should do mm-hmm.
3: that yeah
0: good point yeah cuz
4: that would like that would just serve to dilute
3: what is already great
0: understood uh what about you haley thoughts on possible
3: yeah, like Sarah was saying, I think it's really difficult because you don't want to just make something just to make it happen. Um, I, I, The biggest thing that I could see out of all of this is them to turn around and make a series based off the Titan. Um, I know a lot of people who love the books would really love that. Um, so I think that would probably be like a logical step just because you could i think it's harder if you say okay we're going to we're going to make a series around this particular character especially one where you know, if we have enough established stuff, it's really difficult to expand on that in some way. I could see them doing, like, a short, you know, maybe three season, ten episode, a season type thing with with Seven where she was with the Rangers, like, before she joined Starfleet. But it would be really difficult, I think, with some of these characters unless there's enough growth and development to really say, we're going to do a series about this character over here. Um just because I mean, you could, but it would be really kind of difficult. And they would yeah. be putting themselves kind of in a corner a little bit. Um, Whereas my one book says, they would be putting themselves in the box. And we don't want to be <laughs> in the box. We want to be out of the box. What about you, Kyle?
1: I could see where they could be slowly developing something with Seven if she somehow by the end of this season of Picard becomes the new captain of the Titan. Something goes with Shaw. And they could be spinning off that because we haven't had a lot of new Star Trek show announcements in a while. They haven't really solidified any announcements. And we know Picard is ending. We know Discovery might be coming to a close sooner than later. So there's going to be a hole there for some new shows. So I I, I think I think if they were going to spin something off of what they've done, I think Seven is really the way to go. I think she would be the most welcome character that we're familiar with that people would be like, yeah, I'm excited to see something with Seven. So it'll be interesting to see what directions they go in and you can still have some of these legacy characters that they're introducing through the, through this season as well, that maybe get a chance to carry them over into something and keep the legacy alive.
0: Yeah, I I agree with you, Kyle. It'd be kind of fun to have a, uh, a, some, a character that is, you know, moving around Starfleet time era now. And these legacy characters can mix and come in and just have an adventure because, you know, I've been, one of the things I was most excited about Picard was what was happening in Starfleet after um, Voyager comes home. And we've gotten a little bit with that with uh, uh, Prodigy and Janeway, which has been great. And it's been, it's been nice to kind of see where things are with uh, Starfleet and, and uh, certain characters and mentions. So, uh, I, I'm at that point right now. I would like to see this kind of continue after Picard, whether, whether it is, you know, uh, you know starring Seven or, or whatever it is. But uh, uh, back to the trivia, I did want to mention the the Red Woman refers to the statue of Captain Rachel Garrett, the, uh, the commanding officer of the USS Enterprise-C. Captain Garrett was played by actress Tricia O'Neill and appeared in Star Trek Next Generation's Yesterday's Enterprise in 1990. Yesterday's Enterprise was voted the third best episode of the series by fans in a viewer's choice marathon following Star Trek The Next Generation's Best of Both Worlds Part 1 and 2 as the top two. In fact, one of Picard's logs from Part 1 is played by Beverly, as we mentioned in this episode, so... Um, I think a lot of people, when they talk about the best Star Trek episodes, that yesterday's Enterprise is like right there in the top five. To me, my only problem with that episode is it wasn't long enough. That should have been a (laughs) two-parter. I thought it was great.
3: We will agree to disagree. Oh, you're Mm -hmm. not a fan of that one, Haley? (laughs) No.
2: Uh, Amy. Yeah, I have another little trivia. Oh, throw it uh, out. Sort of Damn. obvious, but uh, Matolus Prime, where Rafi is going to get the information undercover, uh, obviously to Terry Matolus, the showrunner and screenwriter for this episode.
0: Gotcha. Very cool. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, okay, Haley, real quick, defend your your uh, mention of <laughs> not liking yesterday's Enterprise. I got to <laughs> hear this because you are you're you're in the minority. I think because most people uh, love no. that. One. <laughs>
3: I know, I know plenty of other people who don't like Yesterday's Enterprise. Okay, I will say this. I like the episode as it is. I do not like that this episode sets up this whole Tasha Yar had a kid with this Romulan officer and the episodes that come because of that. Mm. Like, Yesterday's Enterprise that is a good episode. I still probably wouldn't place it in my top five, and I wouldn't put it in top three, definitely, for myself. Uh, I feel like there are other episodes that are really character developing better, and I like the storylines better. I cannot stand the aftermath of this uh, episode, mm-hmm. and Tasha, are getting rescued, and she has this kid with this. No, I'm sorry. No. But you no. like <laughs> unification. Kind of. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) I
0: just, I want, that's a good reason. I just wanted to hear the reason. Yeah.
3: It it just, I, I cannot, like, it just, given everything that we know of Tasha Yar's story up to that point, she would have rather died then been in a relationship with a Romulan and had a kid with a Romulan who also subsequently looked way more human than Romulan at all <laughs> whatsoever. I mean, look at, uh, um, Oh gosh, what's his name? Um, from deep space sign, his daughter looked Bajoran and Romulan or right. er, and Cardassian. Mm-hmm. Like there was no Romulan to her whatsoever. No, no, just, yeah. all right. Enough. <laughs>
0: Uh, I want to mention here that uh, I, I want to touch on uh, Jack Crusher here, uh, Crusher's son. Jack Ed uh, Spalliers, if, that, if that's how you say his name, reveals that he is Beverly Crusher's son. Crusher's older son, Wesley, was a main cast member, of course, in the first four seasons of Next Gen and a recurring guest in the. Re- Remainder of that series and briefly appeared in the previous episode of the series Star Trek Picard Fell Farewell in 2022. Jack is clearly named for Beverly's uh, late first husband, who was Wesley's father and second officer of the Stargazer, Picard's command posting prior to Enterprise D. Uh, Haley, I think it was you calling it, saying that this is going to be Picard's son. Uh, I wanted to get your thoughts on that, and then we'll get everyone else's thoughts on uh, how we think Jack Crusher is going to play out uh, in this series. Uh,
3: yeah, so I, I'm going to call it now. Uh, I mean, I was pretty good uh, the last couple of seasons. I called out some things, and I was accurate on. So I feel pretty strongly about this. Um, I think so just simply because it seems not only is it the logical choice that it would be, Dr. Crusher and Captain Picard's son, Um, because, I mean, we've never seen her have any other romantic relationships. The fact that she's cut everybody off for the last 20 years, didn't trust anybody clearly for the last 20 years, I mean, it's, you know, they've been this long and she's not reached out at all, um, tells me that something happened and sometimes that type of rift can cause people to say, I'm going to be done with everybody, even though everyone else is peripheral to that, you know, Riker and, um, Troy and jordy and Worf, they're all peripheral damage to whatever she was feeling probably towards pa- Captain Picard. And so, um, I, I think it is, I think it's going to be their kid, um, just because it makes a logical choice and it would fit in the storyline I mean how cool would that be like also uh, as a fan of Crusher and Picard being together until Nella Darren came along um, (laughs) it is the logical choice that like they would put that in for fans because that would be the biggest fan service of the entire series
0: nice All right, Uh, let's go with you Amy what are your thoughts Jack, Jack Crush.
3: Yeah, I've heard a lot of
2: um, speculation. I've heard that because in the ending credits, there is a lot of DNA business going on. So I'm wondering, well, we now know of these golems. Maybe Beverly took some of Jack's DNA and created a son off the records, which is why she's been hiding. Um, that could be a thing. Or maybe she took some of Picard's DNA and grew him in an embryo test tube thing. Or, you know, I'm open. I'm curious. I'm not going to make any speculations.
0: Sarah, I got to ask you, what do you think?
4: I mean, I just simply it would make narrative sense if she was tied to Picard. Or he, if, you know, if that was Picard's son. And also you know when when beverly was in her moment of terror and she's calling she's making her speech and and sending the message she like waits a beat before she's like admiral jean luc picard and i don't know there was like a whole lot of unsaid things in that one beat one ah, moment okay yeah.
1: interesting kyle your thoughts jack i think jack is picard's son but i don't think it's in the traditional sense i think there's some sciency DNA thing here because they made a point of Beverly locking him down before the ship got boarded, and I think that whatever's going on with Jack might be the reason they're getting chased.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: so I, I think there's there's something a little more to this to, to Jack that meets the eye. Um, I'm actually going to be very curious, do because we are putting such a focus on Beverly Crusher and the Crushers, this will make another appearance at some point in this. Mm-hmm. I, I, Interesting. I, 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 because yeah. they've been out in the uncharted areas of Starfleet space and out past Starfleet border. So I think. You, I, wait, think do little, you
0: mean Wesley?
1: Yeah, okay. I, Wesley. Yeah, I, would, I think Wesley. Wesley does. I'm curious to see if Wesley's going to make an appearance yeah. in, in this season before it's all said. And done. Will Wheaton, as you meant, the actor. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Gotcha.
3: Team Wesley. Well,
0: well, it's obvious all of you are a lot smarter than me because I didn't think about that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, obviously I was thinking like, okay, maybe there was a fling, maybe something. And I didn't really put a lot of deeper thought into it, but I, I like what you guys are saying. Um, it's just, I guess it's the circumstances we're going to find out and that's going to be really interesting. And I like what you had to say there, Kyle, about how, uh, you know, why they're being chased and is that tied to Jack Crusher? So that's going to be really interesting, but I think there would be a great scene of, uh, you know, um, of Wesley and Jack, uh, you know, meeting at one time. I think that, that would be a lot of fun. So, all right, guys, speaking of, uh, Will Wheaton, let's go ahead and let's uh, get out of trivia here and we're going to transport to the ready room. All right, guys. Uh, I'm a big fan of the ready room. I like to, of course, uh, watch it after I watch the episode, which they recommend that you do. <laughs> and, uh, um, to kick off Star Trek's Picard final season, Patrick Stewart, Admiral Jean-Luc Picard, uh, and Gates McFadden, Dr. Beverly Crusher, join Will Wheaton uh, in the ready-, ready Room, and they discuss their characters' evolutions, returning to Star Trek, and wrapping up the Next Generation story. Uh, executive producer and showrunner Terry uh, Metalis uh, previews the adventures to come this season. And uh, plus, uh, don't miss a good look at Beverly uh, Crusher's history. And the Picard Riker relationship, and of course, there's a wonderful tribute to Annie worshing at the end too. That is a must-see, and we get a quick little clip to uh, Star Trek uh, Picard season three, episode two, called "Disengage." And uh, I wanted to kind of just touch on a couple things here. First of all, I love the introduction that Will gives uh, to um, uh, the interview, and you know, calls uh, you know, Gates Space Mom. <laughs> you know, he says <laughs> space son. That was a lot of fun. Uh, But let's start. Haley, you saw this, right? Uh, I want to get your thoughts on this episode.
3: I got about halfway through, so... Okay. (laughs) um, Yeah. No, I really... I I keep forgetting to watch this. Uh, As we know, this is a running joke on the show. If I haven't watched it, Amy's watched it, (laughs) or Amy's watched it, and I haven't watched... Anyway, uh, so yeah, so we go back and forth, but um, I really enjoy it. I Will Wheaton is absolutely wonderful. I've I've had the privilege to meet him, and he is such a delight, and uh, as a person who always loved Wesley Crusher, uh, I I love watching it, just... um, to get you to see his reactions, especially when he gets to bring on cast from the TNG timeframe, um, because it is such a reunion and you feel so much uh, comfort and joy watching him talk to them, and ask them questions about how things go. And um, the time that I did get to meet Will, uh, Gates was also in attendance. It was actually at Fanex in Salt Lake. And um, he does. He refers to her as space mom and kind of probably always has because, uh, you know, he was young and a kid when, when they were sh- filming and uh, kind of second mom, so to speak. And so I really loved uh, – their interview and their interactions it's really truly wonderful to see that so that's about as far as i got
0: gotcha sarah did you see this
3: yes i did i please give us your
0: thoughts on the ready room
3: it was it was so
4: emotional like just because you know i i usually watch the ready room after other episodes of star trek like strange new worlds and things like that and he's always will wheaton always welcomes you in a lot like what Haley said will himself is so welcoming and you can tell he just absolutely loves Star Trek and he is a fan as well and it's so nice when an actor is in the fandom too like Mark Hamill is like that as well um for Star Wars he understands fans cuz he was or he is one of them so Will Wheaton is like that and it's just so nice to you know he the way it, again like what we said at the top of the show these actors have known each other for 25 30 years and that their chemistry shines through anywhere. And then I just want to say that at the end of the episode, you know, Will was talking to Terry Metalis, the showrunner and was just basically thanking him at the end. And yeah, it like brought me to tears. So definitely go if you haven't watched it and listen to that. And I do have to also say that if you want to hear more of Will Wheaton, I don't know how many of you have like, listen to the audiobooks, but he's narrated some audiobooks, Ready Player One being one of my favorites ah uh, yes, has- thank you, yeah,
0: so good, yes, <laughs> so,
4: if you want to just keep you know hearing his nerdy voice and you know it's it's like a soothing, nerdy voice, right? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. So, <laughs> listen to some of his audiobooks and keep it going,
1: Kyle, your thoughts on the ready room? I thought this was the best episode of the Ready Room he's ever done. um. Obviously, a very emotional one for his first time, I think, really in on TV that we've seen him with his space mom in a very long time, whether it's just been in an interview or whatever. Ever. So that was really great. And of course, you know, just whenever he's on and he he's talking with Patrick Stewart, whether Patrick's there on set or has been through video chat that you can just tell it's 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 very much just almost like a father son or even grandfather son kind of relationship that they have. I think maybe he has kind of that grandfather thing with uh, Patrick and more of a father thing with Jonathan Frakes, but it's just, you can just feel the love and the family feeling that they have. And also just everything, this whole episode was just very emotional. Um, He did a great tribute to Anne in this episode as well Um, in just talking about everything with this episode. And I think if you grew up with Next Generation, this probably hits most of the feels as far as just... All the emotions of next generation. There's some great stuff from Jonathan Franks where they interviewed him, talking about his relationship with Patrick Stewart as well. I, I think this was an absolutely outstanding episode of the Ready Room. And I've got to jump on what Sarah was saying too. Um, Will Wheaton has done all of Ernest Klein's books. And so he's done Ready Player too. He um Ernest Klein had another book, and I'm, the name is escaping me right now. But it's it's, it's like it's Armada, Armada, Armada. Armada, that is it. Armada. Armada. Armada, and yeah. he does the he does the audiobook of that too. All of them are so much fun because you can see how much he's geeking out talking about the things that are in those stories. So yeah. definitely check those out. But yeah, in my opinion, the best episode of the ready room will be behind me. I have the three keys uh, to ready player one up there, actually.
0: <laughs> the three keys that they have to find in the book. So yeah, cool. Uh, I, I thought this was great great uh, episode. It hit the feels on many, many notes. And the thing that I found actually kind of fascinating, to be honest with you, was also the interview with Terry Metalis because he talks about being on Star Trek Voyager is like a PA and then he goes to Star Trek enterprise and he, he creates these relationships with people that he's working with and he gets a, a more important job there. And how he kind of hung around the Star Trek universe whenever there was a film or whatever it came out. I think he'd been to conventions as well. And now he's the freaking showrunner of Star Trek Picard. I mean, stick around for a while. See, what see what happens to you. I thought that was really, really cool. Um, and of course just seeing, uh, um, You know Gates and uh, and Patrick Stewart just hanging out with the space son. I thought was great, and uh, it was it was just you could just see the family vibe that they have together. Uh, And then also uh, discussing the the uh, relationship between Picard and um, um, Riker, I think is something that does that that should be highlighted as well. Because you can see the trust that they have with each other, not just as the characters, but also as each other. And it's just one of those family reunions that they get to experience all the time on these shows and at the conventions. And that came through. And, and um, I just want to give another shout out to the Annie Worshing tribute at the end. Um, I got to say that um, uh, Will Wheaton does a great job uh, because he had her on last season. And that was his really only engagement with her was that interview that he did. But he did talk about there was a convention that he was at and the uh, Picard crew was there uh, and Worshing was with, uh, you know, several of the crew members there and were having a good time. But he didn't like going like, you know, step in their moment. But uh, he wanted to say how how just how wonderful she was and how she was enjoying being part of the Star Trek family. So uh, make sure you stay around towards the end. It's really worth it. So uh, with all that said, uh, Amy, are you going to go watch it now?
2: <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> wait, do I, you did such yeah. a great job recapping it. <laughs> I'm go uh, ahead,
4: we'll wait and say, hello nerds. Yes. Yeah.
2: <laughs> hello,
0: all right, guys, I want to wrap this up here and I want to get your final thoughts. So let's head on out of the ring. All right, Sarah, I want to start with you. First of all, thank you so much for coming on. Hopefully we can get you on again the rest sometime this season as well. Uh, it's it's so nice to hear Star Trek coming out of you. I've been talking Star Wars with you for so long. And trust me, I love that. Love uh, what you and Richard have done and I've loved the time that we spent together either at Disneyland or at Star Wars celebrations It's so cool to talk Star Trek with you So please give us your uh final thoughts on uh the next generations here on Star Trek Picard season three episode one
4: it so it's really cool to be able to podcast about Star Trek as well as Star Wars and Disney and Marvel so thank you for giving me the opportunity and <laughs> I so far I mean, Honestly, like I've been podcasting now for 10 years, so it's kind of like, well, if I can't talk about something I've watched, then it's like I haven't watched, you know, if I can't podcast about it, right? <laughs> so I'm glad that, because it really makes you analyze and think about what you've just watched rather than just intake it and move on. And I really like that about the show. So having just listened to you guys and bringing up all the Easter eggs and stuff, I'm I'm actually going to go and like watch the first episode again and, mm. and, you know, look at, look for more Easter eggs, look for more fun and just think about what you guys have all said about the episode as well. And I, I mean, I really enjoyed it and I'm just, I'm eager for more. Like they just gave us a little taste. This was the appetizer and I feel like we need some more courses.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Haley, it is so good to have you back talking Star Trek. We've missed you so I know. much. Here I've missed bed. you guys too. Yes. And definitely. I, I have to get your uh, final thoughts on uh, episode one here of Star Trek Picard season three.
3: Yeah, you know, I'm excited to see where this season is going to go from here. And any time that we get to see uh, Riker and Picard uh, and hijinks between the two of them, because honestly, I think those are like the best, (laughs) uh, is going to be great. And so I'm super excited to see where this goes. uh, And I'm really looking forward to having uh, the rest of the cast come on in, I think, ways that are going to be really well done, really poignant and appropriate to what they are wanting to show this final season. And uh, so I'm very excited. And uh, hopefully Jordy is not towards the end because then I'm going to be really bummed about that. No, <laughs> <laughs>
0: know you're a fan.
3: All right, Amy, your final thoughts on episode one of
0: season three of Picard.
2: Yeah, so good i uh, really looked forward to the hype and the discussions and all the interviews and then to finally get it um and to live through people seeing already you know six episodes and the premiere they've already seen the first two episodes so i finally got to see it and get to discuss it and sarah yeah like you it's like Did I really watch it if I didn't podcast about it? I don't know. So I am, I too, just am very uh, looking forward to seeing these characters. Again, that dynamic between Picard and Riker had me. That is my favorite thing of this episode. And it's only going to get better once we get more of the interactions. The chemistry between these characters, between the actors, shines through. And that is why I am loving Picard. Awesome. Kyle, your thoughts?
1: Yes, the continuing adventures of Will Butch Riker and John Luke's Sundance Picard. (laughs) 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 Um, No, this was this was so much fun. And I think gave everybody what they were hoping and expecting with this Next Generation episode. And I think it's going to be such a fun ride through this third season of Picard that it's And I think it's going to bring back so many feels, but also give us something new. And I'm really excited about the directions that they're going to take and bring me more of Ellen uh, Ripley crusher. That's That's all. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. Oh gosh. Uh, Yeah.
0: I, I've always been a fan of crusher. I I crushed on crusher. I'll be honest with you. I was a huge fan of hers and it's, it was nice to see her uh, because that was one of the things we were questioning, like in the last couple of seasons, like where's Beverly what's going on, you know? And, and the fact that it opens up with her was fantastic. And seeing Gates talk about that on the uh, – not only on the rating room, but also the interview with uh, Whoopi on the view of her getting in there and doing action. And uh, I thought that was just wonderful. And uh, it's good to see her back. And I I can't wait to see what's going to become of her in the relationship, especially what could have been when it came to the romantic side of things. And maybe something will come to light. Who knows? Uh, but, guys, uh, we have got to tease one other little thing here. We like to look into the orb of prophecy, and the next episode is uh, episode two called Disengage. And uh, I, I got a little tease here, a synopsis of, on uh, IMDb saying, aided by seven of nine in the crew of the USS Titan, Picard makes a shocking discovery that will alter his life and put him on a collision course with the most cunning enemy he's ever encountered. Meanwhile, Raffi races to track a catastrophic weapon and collides with a familiar ally. Hmm. Curious where that might go. So, yeah. Um, any Anyone want to throw anything out there, what we might see regarding next episode? Or are you just going to wait?
2: Anybody? Uh, Amy. Yeah, wharf. I think we're gonna see wharf if Rafi's gonna, you know, collide with a familiar ally. I'm um, yeah, wharf.
1: I love it. I love
0: it. I love it. I love it. All
2: right, all right, guys. Well, let's go ahead and let's get into
0: uh, some subspace signals and some contact information. All right. This is Union Federation, Episode 157, Star Trek Picard, Season 3, Episode 1, The Next Generation. And you can find the Phantom Podcast Network's Union Federation on these subspace channels. First of all, if you're watching on YouTube, thank you. Please give us a like and share us out. You can find uh, the Phantom Podcast Network on YouTube. And our master feed for all of our audio podcasts can be found at fpnet.podbean.com. And uh, also, please check out uh, the Phantom Podcast Network on all your major podcast platforms. And uh, Union Federation is also on Twitter and Instagram. And also, please check out our Union Federation uh, Facebook group too, where we talk about, of course, both Star Trek and the Orville. And I did want to mention too that uh, our last episode we had we discussed the Orville, the last episode. Uh, the Sympathy for the Devil novella, which was supposed to be between episodes eight and nine of uh, season three of uh, Orville. So make sure you check that out. That was really, really cool. Uh, my name is Kevin. I am on Twitter and Instagram at Spartan underscore Phoenix. Kyle, where can we find you?
1: You can find me on Twitter at A Kyle W or on Instagram at A Kyle Fandom. Um, looking forward to what's coming. Uh, I think we're in for a ton of surprises. And I just want to say real quick, too. That was a great show you guys did on the, or- on the Orville's Missing episode. Um, I know I was down and out for that for that episode. But, guys, you did a phenomenal job with a very, very interesting and hard to discuss topic. But you guys yeah. did a phenomenal job. Yeah, that, that was an interesting one. That was good.
0: Uh, Haley, where can we find you? What's, what's going on with you?
3: <laughs> well, lots have go- been going on with me. Again, the Traveler's been keeping me very, very busy. Uh, but you can find me on Twitter. I am at Trekkie01D.
0: Awesome. Awesome. And Amy Nelson, you are, of course, are hanging out there at the BQN. You got a couple podcasts. Where can we find you?
2: Yeah. uh, Check us out on BQN. Um, We are dropping episodes of Union Fed there. And I am also co-hosting All Good Things and Galaxy Class. Um, Thank you to you guys. Galaxy Class will be doing live podcasts. And we also will be covering Picard. So, I get to talk a lot, as usual, but that's nice. what I do. And, however, dot, 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 I have the amazing opportunity to be going on the Star Trek cruise that Woo-hoo! is leaving. So, I won't be here for the next two episodes, um, but that's where I will be. You can find me on Twitter, at Miss Amy Nelson, and of course, in our Facebook group.
0: Awesome. I would like to thank our special guest ambassador Sarah Woloski. Thank you so much for coming on. You're, there, of course, we mentioned before, skywalking through Neverland Network. There, skywalking network. Uh, let the people know how to find you guys and what are you up to. Oh, you, wait, you're on mute. I'm mute. <laughs>
4: There you Sorry, go. <laughs> there was loudness in the background. Okay. Yeah, so we are at skywalkingthroughneverland.com and there you can see all the shows on our network. The main show is Skywalking Through Neverland where my husband and I talk Star Wars and Disney and Disney Parks and Marvel. And uh, it's a really fun show. We've got some shows coming up. The Mandalorian is coming out. and Richard and I may be doing something in relation to that, which we can't talk about. But We'll be talking about it on the show when we can talk about it. So that'll nice. be fun. Very, very <laughs> yeah. Nice. Awesome. And then, yeah, what else? I I also host Neverland Clubhouse with two sisters where we talk about Disney parks or Disney films. Our latest episode, we talked about the, a Goofy movie, which yeah. I had, which I had never seen, but they were like big fans. So it's a fun discussion on that as well uh, so you gotta rock
1: that tevin campbell soundtrack
4: oh yes yes absolutely <laughs> <laughs> yeah so yeah we talk about a lot of diverse things over there and and we can, you can find us at skywalking pod on instagram where we have a lot of reels from disney parks because we live 20 minutes from disneyland and we're always going and sharing things that are happening there as well
0: so, awesome and you're that. on twitter too right
4: Yes, Twitter and Insta- mostly more Instagram now. Twitter kind of falling off a little bit. And I myself am at Jedi Tink.
0: Awesome. Like Tink well, thank you Kale. so much for coming on. I really appreciate it.
4: Yeah, thanks for the invite.
0: All right. Well, again, I'd like to thank everyone. Uh, Kyle, thank you. Glad you're feeling better. Good to see you. Amy, as always, thank you for coming on. Haley, we've missed you so much. So happy to have you back. And Sarah, we'll get you on again uh, on on, uh, Union Fed talking more Picard and Star Trek. Until next time, goodbye, everyone. Hailing frequencies are now.